Welcome to the Zen of Everything, a Zen take on life, love, laughter, and everything else. With Jundo Cohen, a real Zen master. That's me. And Kirk McElhern, that's me, a guy who knows a bit about Zen. Good evening, Jundo. How are you this evening? The sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. I'm optimistic and hopeful, Kurt. I wish you would warn me about that. <laughs> <laughs> then you have to be spontaneous. Yes, that was certainly spontaneous. Um, it's been two weeks, and since then, spring has sprung. Uh, yes. We've moved the clocks forward here for daylight saving time. I don't know if you yes. still do it and when you do it. No, Japan is stubborn and we don't change. We let the rest of the world change. I believe that the European Union is going to stop from next year. But since the UK has left the European Union, I don't know if we're going to do it. I hate daylight saving time. I hate that day when I wake up and I've lost an hour. And then all during the day, everything's off that jet lag of one hour. Well, we have some people in our sangha from Australia. Australia, it's really crazy. Though. They got like five time zones, one on the half hour, and two that don't change, and four that go the wrong direction. I have no idea what's going on down there either. Yeah, and on the other hand, China, which is a huge country, has just one time zone. One time zone, yeah, China. China, everybody's mind is on China this week. Huh? Let's change the subject. Uh, you know, I was thinking of asking you something. How would you say the name of our podcast, Zen of Everything, in Japanese? Oh, Zen no Zen. Zen no Zen. That sounds like zen a koan no already. Yeah, well, it's a different uh, Chinese character. Zen means everything. So the everything of Zen. Zen no Zen. It is. Our name is good in Japanese. Yeah, we <laughs> it should, is. We should do, after this, let's record a Japanese version. Well, I can listen to you as you say it, but I won't understand a single thing. The only things I understand in Japanese are, well, you know that I'm learning to play the shakuhachi. There's a few yes. words I know there. Um, yes. I've played Go for decades, so I know how yes. to say Atari. And yes. I know words like Joseki and Fuseki. But yes. other than that, my Japanese is really limited. Eh, yeah, muy bien. Oh, no, sorry, wrong language. Yes. <laughs> uh. <laughs> we could, you could do Japanese and I could do French. Anyway, let's... We're, we're trying to be less serious than in the past couple of weeks. Um, I don't think we're going to do a stand-up routine. No. Um, we, we could do that who's on first routine if we get the timing right. That's always fun. If anyone doesn't know who's on first, seriously, you don't know what you're missing, there will be a link in the show notes. Well, I uh, just want to leave people this week with some hope and optimism. Because folks need it. I don't mean to be... You know, cockeyed optimist. I don't mean to be, you know, just a dreamer. And all these folks are running around who are saying, no, 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 there's nothing to, to be concerned about. That's not good either. I'm saying you got to keep your eyes open. You got to know what's going on. But let's leave people hopeful this week, Kurt. Hope is important. Where do we find the hope right now? You find the hope in your own heart. You find it if you open your eyes. I believe you find it just looking out. 
And people will say, well, if you look out, the world looks so hard and cold sometimes, and this time it's so scary. No, if you really observe, there's a lot to give us hope in this world. And I know I say that as someone who's who's kind of a not the, the I'm kind of a skeptical guy, but I really mean that there's a lot to be hopeful for. Kurt. You've got that sort of deep down foundation of Jewish lack of hope, don't you? What you know, Jews? We worry no hope. This <laughs> I I I get up in the morning and I'm just worried about. There's no, no yes. Uh, I think the reason there's a lot of Jews in Buddhism is it's the it's the antidote for our own <laughs> pessimism and cynicism and 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 uh, arguing about uh, and worry about tomorrow. Yes, uh, but I am truly hopeful. Okay. Even though I'm kind of scared scared like everybody else about what's going on. Yeah, things are scary. Things are scary. Yes, and even though they're scary. That is doubly, triply the time for hope. And there's a few practical reasons about for that. Ask me, ask me what they are. Tell me some of the practical reasons why we should hope right now. First off, hope lets us keep going. I, I thought it was very fitting. I'm trapped in my house here. My kids and I are watching that Tom Hanks movie, who, by the way, had the, the you-know-what this week. Yeah. We're watching that Castaway movie yep. where he's on the island. Like we're in the and house. He's self-isolating for months. He's self-isolating. And his only he companion is a soccer ball. He yeah. We have a Netflix. We can watch Tom Hanks. He just had a <laughs> soccer ball. That's right. So it's a little different. And uh, but he never loses hope, and he keeps trying. And he goes from one thing to the next. He's got a bad tooth. He figures out how to get rid of the tooth. He's got uh, he's got to make fire. He figures out how to make fire. Hope is what keeps us going, doesn't let us give up. You know, it's going back to the old ethnic thing. Uh, who was the psychologist who, who said that the people who survived best in Europe during the, in the concentration camps were the people who didn't lose their optimism? I wish I, I have to, uh, you could post later, I have to remember the psychologist's name, very famous. Was it but Victor people, Frankl? Victor Frankl, yes. Yeah, very, very much so. And uh, the people there who kept hope for the day after they were freed were the people who had a much higher chance of surviving than the people who just gave up early on. And I believe that's, that's a good lesson for all of us. I've been doing something interesting. So um, the UK has been locked down for, I think, eight or nine, ten days. And I live in a house on the edge of a village. It's a pretty large farmhouse. I've got fields around, and we have a large garden. I think my landlord told me it's about a third of an acre. So three tennis courts, four tennis courts, pretty big. Um, my partner's really into gardening, and we've put up a whole lot of bird feeders. And so I've been really getting into this thing of giving the birds food and the birds taking the food of, of us helping the mm. ecosystem. And hmm. the most interesting thing is that there is a pair of robins that hang out. Do you have robins in Japan? I think we do. Robins are really interesting, and I never knew this before. It started last year. My partner would be gardening, and one of the robins would come a few feet away on a tree while she's digging, and then it would come closer. And then when she walked away, it would go where she was digging and look for food. Hmm. It's to hmm. the point now, wherever she goes out with a spade or, or a fork, 
the robins are there. And so yesterday, um, she was digging, and I picked up a worm, and I put it in my palm, and I tried to get the robin to come, and he didn't. But I'm going to try and tame one of these robins by giving him little crumbs of food. They're amazingly mm. friendly. They, they can get within inches. In fact, my partner said yesterday, one of them would sort of just stand on her shoulders for a while. Isn't this whole experience we're going through causing us to appreciate these little things like that more? The birds, yeah. a little nature, family, slowing down. I've got guys, you know, who, who were working in office buildings and every day, year, trying to get the next promotion. And this is the first time maybe... They are at home. They are looking at the flowers. They are watching the springtime come. I, I think that we are going to come out of this. This is another cause for hope. I think we are going to come out of this as better people. I think we're going to learn something from this this time. We were too materialistic, too much into the rat race. This is going to slow us down. What do you think? I'm not sure that things are necessarily going to change radically, but as you say, people who've discovered this slow lifestyle, something that they may never have known. Now, for me, I've been working at home for 25 years, and I've always sort of organized my workday to have time, particularly when the weather's nice. Um, if it's a warm spring afternoon, I'll take a couple of hours and go out and sit in the garden and read. Most people don't right. have that opportunity. But now that people are home and they're seeing that they can go more slowly, they don't have to buy things, they don't have to go to shopping malls, they don't have to rush. And I think this will be a big change. I think a lot of people are having de detox symptoms this week, and probably too. Uh, it's going to take a little while for them to adjust. But some people, like the you know Tom Hanks, the the whole point of that movie is he's he's working for a big corporation in the start, and he's about time is money, and then he ends up on this island, and everything disappears, the entire rat race, and he's just day by day survival. A little bit, a little bit. This is you know, good for us to learn this. You know, we look at the other generations, like the generations of our parents who went through the war and the generations who went through hard times. It, it not only was a bad time, it strengthened their character. This is another reason for hope. I'm going to be hopeful that we will end up as a better world here. And I'm also hopeful that there will be discoveries and a new faith in science that will come out of this yeah, that's a good point. Um, something interesting that I'm seeing here is, as everyone in the world knows, the UK decided to leave this large trading block and go it alone, basically shooting themselves in the foot. And one of the things that they did to accompany Brexit was to introduce new rules on immigration. And they wanted to keep out unskilled workers. Well, what we're seeing now is the unskilled workers are the people keeping us alive. The people in the supermarkets, the people in the warehouses, the guy who just delivered a package um, while we were recording, these unskilled workers are at the front line right now. And I think a lot more people are going to have respect for the fact that there's no such thing as an unskilled worker. I am very hopeful about the human condition for another reason. Uh, I, I, there have been a lot of disasters in the past. People strike me this time as, first off, generally very well behaved. People are not getting, how to say, using this as an opportunity for violence so far. I hope it stays. I'm sure it will. I'm, I'm hopeful about that, too. But to help others and the people who are going in to the stores, to the hospital, they are giving themselves to help others. 
it's not a lot of people are not just doing it for a paycheck right now they're no, doing it and, because they feel a calling and in fact my partner was in the supermarket we have a supermarket about 10 minutes from us she was in the supermarket last week and just a small thing that so they're they're making people separate by two meters outside, one person in, one person out, a maximum of 30 people. So she's in the supermarket, plenty of room, walking around, and there was someone putting things on the shelves. And I don't know exactly what happened, but my partner said, thank you. And the poor woman just burst into tears. The, the supermarket worker said, you're the first person that said that to me in a week. So I think there are people, a lot of people who are stressed, but we need to constantly say to these people, um, that we appreciate what they're doing. Every time someone gives me a delivery, um, every time the postman comes, you know, I make sure that they know that they're appreciated. And I'm going to say this to you, Kurt. Maybe this is a time when you, you got to say this to people too. I love you, man. I know this is going to sound great, but I've known you a lot of years now. Yeah. We've been good friends. You do a lot for this Zen way. And I want to say that uh, you got to tell people you appreciate them these days. So thank you, Kurt. Well, thank you, Jundo. I love you too. And you've been a great influence on my life. Well, can I talk about uh, science again? I, I said just, uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about science again, the hope about science. People lost respect for science and truth in the last few years. We saw it, everything's fake news, uh, global warming's uh, made up, it's a conspiracy. This is going to tell people the difference between truth and fiction, because the man in the white coat's going to come, and he's going to give them something to make them feel better. Hopefully soon they will make the discovery of the antidote for this, and people's lives will depend on science. Discoveries will be recognized. There's a Nobel Prize in this for somebody, and I think there's going to be a new faith in science and truth from all of us. That's my hope. Unfortunately, we have a ways to go. I was just reading um, this morning about the conspiracy theories that this was created um, in a laboratory. Um, it was created by Bill Gates or George Soros. There we go again, picking on the Jews yeah, yeah. by a George Soros. Um, or it's caused by 5G. That seems to be one of the big things. And it's funny because there's hardly any 5G in the 5G. UK. Yeah, you know, the new mobile phone thing. There's hardly any 5G in the UK, but there's people protesting that 5G is the cause of the coronavirus. Well, I, I see the connection. Uh, <laughs> actually, I don't see the connection at all, but I'm sure someone yeah. does. Well, you know, no, this is, human beings have always been into weird beliefs. And we talked about this last week. It, it, uh, 200 years ago, it would have been burn the witch next door. But I'm hopeful now that we are getting... We're not there yet, but we're smarter. And these disasters, these times, these transitions are always the next step to the coming world. You know, we had the Black Plague, okay. That led to the Renaissance. The, all the events that led up to the 19th century, the Industrial Revolution. The Industrial Revolution, the... Uh, infectious disease led to Louis Pasteur yep. and the invention of pasteurization and antibiotics. Yep. And then uh, the discoveries of uh, all that we're facing now will lead to what's ever coming next. I am optimistic. I am hopeful that this is the beginning of a new world, which is what the next thing I'd like to ask you about, hope. What do you hope for? Kirk? I hope that 
we can as a as a people as a world national and supranational stop this heady infighting that's turned politics into a spectator sport um just trying to gain points off of one side or the other um and and essentially certain politicians just making up things in order to fire up their supporters and actually harming a lot of people Uh, this isn't a political podcast but we all know that trump called this a hoax even though he had been briefed about how serious it was going to be. Let, let's think bigger than that. Okay. What's, Can I, what's bigger than that? I got a, a few small dreams. You don't think that the Buddha is going to come back, do you? No, no, no. Well, I think the Buddha is here if we act like Buddha. Ah. You see? That's, you see? If we act like Buddha, we make the Buddha real. And so what is this Buddhist dream I have? I have a dream where people live in peace. Everyone has enough food, uh, a clean water, uh, is free from violence, war, and abuse, and has uh, access to basic education, uh, good medical care, and equal opportunity. Just a small, a few small things. That's all I want. Yeah, world peace. But you know what? Yeah, we're going to get there. We're going to get there, Kurt. Uh, you know, we, we sometimes lose sight of it, but I'm still hopeful that that dream is alive. It's just, it may take a, another century or two, but we will get there. Yeah. Um, in, in an earlier episode, I remember we were discussing how even though things look terrible, they are getting better overall. Um, we mentioned this book by Steven Pinker, The Better Angels of Our Nature, where he's just looked at history, how much has gotten better, how fewer wars there are, how fewer people die um, from diseases and all that, and things are getting much better. We can only see back to our teenage years. We can't see before that unless we really study history. So things always seem to be getting worse, but they're not necessarily. And even now, as terrible as this is, the perspective on it will only come later when we look back and we can actually see what is going on. It may actually be better in some ways than the images on the TV are leading us. And I say that with the idea that if one family loses one person, it's a tragedy. I don't mean to discount that. The rush that's going on in hospitals tonight as we're speaking with doctors who are going to have to go days and weeks without sleep, and they're, they're going to have people lined up outside for lack of beds inside. This is a this is a terrible disaster. I don't mean to discount that at all. But I also want to say to everyone out there tonight, please, if you sneeze, it is not a ticket to the ICU. Don't lose hope. Don't magnify in your mind that this is the, it's not the end. This is something we will all get through. Please trust that. What I find interesting is that a number of the breakouts have occurred in large religious gatherings. There was one in South Korea. Apparently, there was another one in France where 2,000 people met. People got infected and then spread out. And it's almost as if this virus, you know, it's not sentient. The virus isn't sentient. It's not thinking about anything. It's just trying to survive. But the virus is able to exploit humans in the situations where the humans are most exploitable, where they're concentrated. Well, I don't think there's a connection between religion and the virus. I think any place that uh, people get together, 
uh, the virus just mathematically jumps from person to person. And uh, we're social animals. We like to be together. This week has been a revolution in people learning new ways to get together without being together. Uh, and uh, I actually am looking forward to the day that we can go back. And I'm, you know, I'm, as soon as they find a cure for this, I'm hopeful that we'll be giving each other hugs again. I'm going to run up to the first five. It's going to be like World War II, that big kiss scene. I'm going to run out. As soon as they find the vaccine, I'm going to run out and give a kiss to the first five strangers I see. And since you live in Japan, I think that will be taken as a bit strangely, <laughs> won't it? I think I think they would. If if that day comes, I think everyone here will appreciate yeah, it's it. True. Even in it's Japan. true. I think if I did that here, um, I think the British reaction to something <laughs> like that would just be to go up to more people and say, lovely day, isn't it? Well, hope is also the first step to planning for what comes next. So I believe that our hope for the future presents a target, and we will work there. Now, people say that Buddhism is not a hopeful religion. and it li it's a, First off, they say it's about living in the present. We discussed last week that it's about living in the present, which sometimes involves planning for the, the future. But let me tell you something. Buddhism is actually a hopeful religion. Would you ask me how? How is Buddhism a hopeful religion? I'm glad you asked that. There was the attitude that we have to get out of here and get to nirvana because this world is hopeless, but that actually has not been the main driving force in Buddhism for thousands of years. The main driving force has been people going to Buddhist temples at times like this, asking the priest to say a chant, to light some incense, to twirl a rosary, to help their sick child, to help their uh, fears, to, to cure their disease or their problems. Right down the street here, we have the Medicine Buddha Temple, right in my neighborhood. And a hundred years ago, people would go there to ask Buddha, please, Buddha, my grandmother, my daughter has a fever. Please help us. This was before we had what we have now. It was even then, it was terrible. But they would go there with hope because they knew with their faith in Buddha that Buddha will help. So many of our symbols, even, for example, Jizo, the Bodhisattva, whether you believe Jizo really is there or not, Jizo represents that there's something about this universe that sometimes helps us. And I believe that. Now, it doesn't always help us like we want, but there's something helpful about this universe. And I call that big H hope, as opposed to humans, small hope. Would you ask me, what's big H hope? Can you tell me? Oh, don't even bother. I know you're going to, I know you're going to ask <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, but I'll this is part ahead. of the routine, isn't it? The sort of Abbott and Costello thing. Yeah, go, okay, go ahead. So tell me what big H hope is. Yeah, I forgot. Oh, big H hope. <laughs> yes. Okay. You know, we hope for things for ourselves. I hope my family, my personal health is good. And that doesn't always work out. It doesn't. Sometimes it does, and sometimes it, life hands you what you want, and sometimes it doesn't. But there's something about the Buddhist perspective on the universe that the universe itself is somehow, plus minus zero, heading in a generally hopeful direction. There's something about this planet, like I say, you know, yes, we come and go. Events happen. 
but the planet itself is growing, is developing. There's some hopeful direction to it all. So we have to say that even though this virus may not be something we welcome, in the general scheme of things, there's a great hope. And if you can pour yourself into that hope, even if sometimes you have your own personal hope, pour yourself into the, the, the universal hope and realize, all right, universe, you got me here, we're born, and I'll let you go where you will, you'll take us, that's fine. And I know I'm generally hopeful that things, in the grand scheme of things, will work out. Yet there are a lot of people who find it difficult to have hope. What can we say to them? Oh, fake it till you make it. Have hope. Trust me. Uh, reach down inside the human beings, boy. You can find it when you, 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 you least expect it. We're strong. We can do this. Okay, Jundo, where do we go from here? I'm hopeful it's a good place. I know it's a good place. Can I sing another song? No, please. No. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe in iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. Please give us a rating. Tell your friends. You can check out past episodes at our website, zen-of-everything.com. And if you want Jundo to answer your questions, send us an email at podcast at zen-of-everything.com. Thanks for listening.